<laughs> You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. In the days up to this review, I just kept on thinking about Judy Bloom and her books. And I remember being like a little youngin in elementary school because I'm the son of a librarian and I grew up with more books than toys, which is the way every kid should be raised. <laughs> and reading Freckle Juice and Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing and, you know, Super Fudge. Super Fudge. And, you know, just having my childhood shaped by Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary and Chris Van Alsberg and all the greats, but especially Judy Bloom because she was so prolific. I've got nothing but love and admiration for this woman. And it's that like affection and infinity for her and her works that made me just readily sign up to review this movie, this long awaited movie, which is, of course, the film adaptation of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, the seminal, I wouldn't call it a seminal book, 1970 book of a young girl named Margaret who is facing her teenage years and all that that entails, which includes, you know, blossoming, trying to fit in, trying to find out who she is, and also dealing with her relationship with religion. So yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. We were talking about the film adaptation of that beautiful novel starring Rachel McAdams, Abby Ryder Fortson, so adorable and just nails it here as the titular Margaret. A lot of weight to carry on her shoulders because this is a character that's meant so much to so many for decades. And Kathy Bates as the grandmother we all wish we had growing <laughs> up. When, but Probably none of us did. Well, I was going to say she's actually kind of the Jewish version of my grandma. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, my name is Frank, and with me, I've got Melina. Hello. And it's the Lady Harmony. The Lady Harmony. I've become a woman. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) This movie did it. That was it. It pushed me right over the That was it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just not even going to try to like play it cool and hold my cards to my chest i flat out loved this movie yeah i thought it was everything it needed to be you know judy bloom famously held onto the rights for this film the film rights are a novel for oh christ since 1970 yeah publication Mm -hmm. uh basically and she's quite protective of this yeah and rightfully so you know she's not someone that needs to like you know make a quick buck well especially because the book was not without its controversies when it was exactly ever since it is one of the most banned books it is because it mentions bras and periods and Interior. someone deciding their religion for themselves. But it first got banned because it mentioned bras. Oh, really? Was that? Can you believe thing? that? Really, that was yeah, the exactly. Kicker. That was the kicker. Yeah, in the eighties. But I'm very glad she waited. I think that was the right move. 
She specifically said that she was waiting for the right director. Kelly Fremon Craig. Yes. She was very impressed with her work for a film a few years ago called The Edge of Seventeen. And she was sold after that initial meeting that she had with her and James L. Brooks, the James L. Brooks, who served as producer. She signed the rights. And the result is a very great film. One that even she says. She's an executive producer of this as well, right? She is. She has a hand in producing it as well. But I'm going to stop blabbering about how this is a really great film without actually saying how it's a really great film. I'm going to let these really fine ladies talk about what they think about it. Melina. Well, I was lucky enough to go and see this at an advanced screening. So I saw this more, I think almost at this point, two weeks ago. And I've got to admit, I have had a hard time not thinking about it ever since. I don't think that it's for me, you know, as someone who's 29 years old and went through puberty a little while ago at this point. (laughs) But just from the first few minutes that I was sitting in that theater and I was watching how they were playing this, how they were portraying this young girl's journey. I was looking around and I was seeing who was in the theater with me. And most of the other attendees were moms and their daughters, Mm -hmm. all of whom were right Mm -hmm. around Margaret's age. Same at my viewing as well. And I thought for them, this very well could be a life-changing or affirming film because it so speaks to that chapter of life that for anyone who's been through it knows it is nothing but confusing. Mm -hmm. It's exciting and terrifying in many ways. And And all at the same time. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And the book is classic for having this beautiful, subtle, honest spin on what that's like through the eyes of this young girl. And I don't think, honestly, the movie could have done it any better than it does. No. No, I agree. I liked so much about how this movie, like, Because the book's told all through the perspective of Margaret, but this really expanded the whole world that's like around her. So Mm. we get more of Mm -hmm. her mom's point of view, more of her friend's points of view, more of her grandmother's point of view. So we actually end up with kind of this generational story that as people who menstruate, they all go through this, right? It's also, you know, they're a family. They've got a troubled kind of family stuff in the background. They have some history with her mother's side of the family. Yes, her mother's side of the family. And the grandmother's her father's mother, yes. Yes, because her father played by the great Ben Safdie. (laughs) A very different term from what you're used to from him. Yeah, and I didn't know if this was really his wheelhouse, but he did such a great job. He's a great dad. Yeah. And we see more of the dad, and all I could think is like, he's such a good dad. Yeah. I was just watching, it's like, he's such a good dad. And just going through my own personal stuff with my family is like, oh, (laughs) it was really nice to see. And it was very heartwarming. And I think that's just a big blanket statement you can give for the whole film is that it is heartwarming. Yeah. Without being saccharine. It's not sticky sweet. There are no false notes to it. Right. No, exactly. That's very true. There's like every moment here is honest. Very and I genuine. love that we see the different perspectives from all the other characters who are not Margaret. And I think that it only enhances, first of all, each person's experience that she bears witness to feeds her own. Right. Yes. Not an island into ourselves. We're no, influenced not at all. by the people who come before us. Absolutely. Yes. And you see each person influence her 
in a different way. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you see all these side characters for who they are. They all have moments of vulnerability. Of doubt. Yeah, surprising levels of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah of openness and I think really as much as I love Abby Ryder Fortson and she is the star this movie works first and foremost because she is such a great talent talent and visual illustration of margaret but rachel mcadams oh rachel mcadams oh my gosh who i like to refer to as my wife and <laughs> okay there you go get in line i love her i love her in every universe right and yeah. anytime she shows up in anything i have to see it it was a big reason why i wanted to see this because she's just a beam of light she is. in whatever it is that she does and like you were saying harmony this does expand from the book which is squarely from the first-person perspective of Margaret. Right. Mm-hmm. And if there was a worry that I had going into this, it was what they were going to do with Rachel McAdams' character. I was like, okay, is she just going to be the, the mom. mom who pops yeah. in every once in a while? Yeah. That's not me knocking moms, but it's kind of me knocking what Hollywood has historically done with mother characters where they don't give them much to do. Not only does she get a lot to do here, but her arc is almost as pronounced and important as Margaret, it mirrors it really beautifully. It's a genuine arc. And I knew, yeah, we all know those stock mom characters. And none of us wanted to see McAdams, you know, reduced to just playing like the mom. Yeah, the thankless role. And also a lot of times with these stock mom characters, they're just the big name yeah. draw, yeah, right? Exactly. They hired you just to get people in there. And the fact that she has so much to do. Yeah. I think the first time that we see that she's not going to be that stock mom character is when she's struggling to explain to her daughter why she doesn't know her grandparents yeah her parents yeah Yeah. and it's such a raw and real moment for her and i couldn't help but get emotional during that moment because it's It's heartbreaking she never made peace with that and here she's having to relive it and being put on the spot by her daughter and she's trying to i don't want to say sugarcoat but she is trying to make it as easy as possible for margaret and then margaret comforts her exactly like yeah takes turns that it around role exactly to to yeah ease her pain right i get tearing up thinking about it it's really beautiful oh I know. I know i think it's one of the movie's best scenes for my money what do you guys think of because i'll be real i loved it setting it in the time period of 1970 i think the book originally came out in 65 so it's not that much of a leap i think it came out in 70 yeah i think I it was 1970 so to me it wasn't that big of a leap mm-hmm. but the story itself is so timeless timeless and universal that mm-hmm. it could be set in the future with you know this kind of caliber of acting and stuff like that would still be really a beautiful movie yes for my money i think it gave it a real innocence in, yeah, in a lot I of agree. ways and because nostalgia packs a punch man it, it does, really does. It does but it's not overt with that it's not overt no but it allowed the characters a chance to be their true selves without like the influence of what was to come later on absolutely i think that if you were to try to set this movie in 2022 or 2023, there would be so many more social aspects that you'd have to bring into this because Mm -hmm. that would naturally enter the conversation. That would be a part of these kids' lives. And in the 1970s, the social conversation was very different. And so there's an authenticity to that. But I agree that despite this taking place in a world that by today's standards is very different... There's a timelessness to so much of that. And that's just the idea of growing up and realizing that as you get older, your body is changing and you're having to come to terms with that. Your friends' bodies are changing and sometimes it's happening quicker for them than it is for you. And that can Mm -hmm. spark a bond and it can spawn jealousy 
as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Anybody out there, like the people who've been criticizing this book since it was first released, this is not the period movie. No, no. it's not. It does discuss that. It is a aspect of her growth and her friend's growth, but this is about so much more. It is about her moving to this new place, navigating new friendships. It's her dealing with the fact that she was raised in an interfaith household where she has been raised without religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if this movie is really about anything, it's that. Yeah. It's the difference between your relationship with organized religion and what others would like to put on you in terms of their values and your own personal relationship with your own spirituality. Right. Yeah, I agree. In whatever form that takes, yeah. Exactly. I think that the religion aspect was handled, I think, very delicately, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. very beautifully, ultimately. We have a scene where all the grandparents are together, and there is some tension there. (laughs) Yeah, there is some tension there, but I love how the movie allows Margaret to explore the different forms of religion with an openness and an honesty. And I think the moments where she is talking to God are the purest in the film. Mm -hmm. They don't feel heavy-handed. They don't feel like they're... doesn't feel preachy. Not at all, no pun intended. It Um, never is proselytizing, (laughs) this film. Exactly. I love where she's like going in and experiencing all these different types of churches and synagogues and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, where she's just really, you know, getting faith education, for lack of a better word, without the guilt part. She's (laughs) curious. She's genuinely curious. There was something really beautiful in her conversations with God or Mm -hmm. the universe or whatever you want to call it for this, you know, especially as she's like getting more and more doubts, like, is there's even a point to this? Yeah, no, true. And there's something that she says that struck me as not being a particularly religious person now of just that maybe it's just me. Maybe that's all I have. And there's something about that that was just so profound. And the idea that like a 12-year-old would have this wonderful... Would find solace or comfort in that or guidance in that. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. And and just be able to put that together. It like literally like shot through my heart. (laughs) Yeah. No, me (laughs) too. I agree. Like I am not a big fan of the church, (laughs) but I do observe the holidays. I observe Lent and I pray every morning. I take 20 minutes out of my day every day and I pray every morning. So watching those scenes with Margaret were really meaningful because that is where she is her truest self. Right. That's where she is more open than she ever can be because she feels like, that's the only place where she can be. Yeah. I think those moments are what make the film work and why I feel it resonates to this day. But anyway, let's go to our final thoughts. Melina, get us started. Well, yeah, I completely agree with everything that you guys have said so far. I really loved this film as well. I was surprised, actually, by how much I loved it. And I think that's because it just has this beautiful... I almost don't want to say it, but for lack of a better word, it has a beautiful simplicity Mm. to the way that it tells the story. Mm -hmm. But the story itself is so complex. And so I think that the idea to keep the filmmaking aspect of it very straightforward, very non-distracting, is what makes this work as unbelievably well as it does. This is truly Margaret's story. This allows you to get to know this girl so well, and you're so rooting for her and sympathizing with her 
the whole time. And she's such a good kid. You know, Frank, even you have to absolutely love this girl. Even me. No, no, no. <laughs> I kid. No, actually, this movie made me really, really love kids, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I play it out. I've seen a lot of reviews. I don't like kids. I really do like kids. But this movie actually really made me really like kids a lot. This movie made oh. me love parents. Because if you're an adult watching this, it's going to help you understand what it's like to be at this age. Remember. It's like if you're a kid watching this, then this is going to speak very much to probably where you are right now or where you are going to be in a couple of years. But yeah, as an adult, it's going to take you back to certain points of your life. This film may not feel completely autobiographical to you, but there will absolutely be things in there that will completely take you to that part of your childhood. The big one for me was the relationship that she had with her grandmother, Kathy yes. Bates, who I did not want to leave this review without saying. No, not She's at all. She's so She's phenomenal in this so film. Great. I love her. And I love the closeness that they have. Mm -hmm. I love that relationship that she's building with the neighborhood girl. Because that also reminds me very much of a childhood friendship where you look back and you're like, we were kind of friends because we lived on the same street. But how (laughs) great when she, and going back to what we said before about every character having their moment, when she has her own very vulnerable moment, when she's brought to her knees, almost literally, and Margaret just doesn't judge her for it pretty much takes pity on her i mean that's what's so great about this movie it humanizes every person that's in here that character and i hate that i am blanking on the actress's name right now but she's fantastic she's the queen bee she is l graham as nancy wheeler thank you l graham she is the regina george of this group of girls she you know definitely purports to be more worldly and knowledgeable than she is but i love how this film does show that even under all of that she's just a kid She's just a kid. And underneath all of that, she's just scared and insecure as everybody else. Mm -hmm. That brings me to another point. The child actors in this are fabulous. The movie would not have worked if they couldn't pull out the performances that they did. But yeah, then you also have people like Ben Safdie and Rachel McAdams who are amazing, especially Rachel McAdams, who brings so much to this and is given so much to do. I loved her arc, and if there's a major complaint I have about this film, it's that they released it when they did. I'd like to think that maybe if they had released this later in the year, there could have been some Oscar buzz for her and Kathy Bates. Oh, Oh, yes! So I will wrap up, because I could talk about this all night. So I will go ahead, and I'm going to give this 9 out of 10... Beautiful platters of Twinkies. (laughs) I don't know. They made them look pretty in that scene. (laughs) They did look really pretty there. I know what you mean. The Lady Harmony. The Lady Harmony. Your final thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to kind of touch a little bit on what Melina said about the simplicity of the way it's shot. Mm -hmm. Really allows you to feel like you are there. So it's not like a whole lot of fantasy sequences. There's like none of that. But it's able to say you can imagine yourself as you know either you remember being the kid that matured too fast or you can like kind of get okay what it was like for the kids that seemed like it was taking too long i'm not gonna say which one i was but it was that first one (laughs) (laughs) the young woman who plays the girl who matured like early on in the story it just made me remember like i was the girl who was always taller than all the boys and i was the one i saw young play laura danker yeah Oh, yeah, she was gorgeous, and she was, like, you could feel how lonely and sad she was. Mm-hmm. Right, I just, yeah. I loved her in this. Mm-hmm. I also, I really liked the curly-headed boy. Moose. <laughs> His hair was amazing. <laughs> that fro, oh, my God. Moose Freed, played by Aiden Watchuk. 
Hassong. Brilliant kid. I just remember, you know, those first kind of crushes and stuff like that. So there's a lot of this. And there's like a shot when she first see when we first see him, a shot of his armpit and like his underarm hair. And I thought that is so what a 12, 13 year old girl would focus on. Yeah. <laughs> girl would be like, oh, my God, he has armpit hair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like that is so like who she goes to. And that's brilliant. That's brilliant filmmaking. And I'll say without a word. I think this movie is great for anybody who has ever menstruated or loves somebody who has. If you love a kid that's going through puberty, if you went through puberty yourself, you're going to find a lot in this movie, too, that resonates with you. It's beautiful. It looks good. There are some really lovely, like, little sound moments as well. I can't say enough good things about it. So I'm going to give this... 9.8 out of 10 boxes of teenage softies. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And a little pack of Tic Tacs you just toss on. To <laughs> <laughs> totally camouflage is what you're buying. Oh God, <laughs> yes. Speaking of taking me back. I remember as a kid, like flipping them over. Like you wouldn't notice it if you didn't see the label. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. The person yeah. working that, that on the sense. other side of the cash register. They're not going to know. But also probably. Didn't give a shit. Does not care. <laughs> yeah, this was everything it needed to be in terms of its honesty, its authenticity, capturing that Judy Bloom sensibility, which has proven to be so potent for decades and has reached generations of readers. And, you know, I love that this movie is set 1970. I cannot get over that because it is, first of all, on a personal level, I am just like obsessed with the 70s because it was such a tumultuous time, a very exciting time, but also very precarious. But I love that this movie hones in on the innocence of childhood at that time. And the thing I love most about this protagonist, about Margaret, is that she, like so many of us at that age, she's turning to religion. She's trying to be, you know, the kind of friend that her other friends want her to be or expect her to be. Will approve of. She's trying to be the best daughter she can be for her parents. She's trying to be all these things, she's trying to figure so much out. And her frustration lies in just wanting to get to the place where she is the person she was always meant to be. And she can't wait to get to that place. And for me, that is what this whole movie was about. And that plays out in such an interesting and relatable way. I mean, whether or not you're a boy or a girl, I mean, I never did a bust exercise in my life, but we must, <laughs> must, we we must, must increase our bust. Yeah. Uh, biggest laugh is when you know all the girls see a Playboy and then cut to they're all doing those exercises. It's brilliant. But oh, that cut was so brilliant too. It was it was such a brilliant cut. But yeah. we all get that you know being frustrated and confused and not knowing how to navigate that state of life. And Judy Bloom got it. Mm -hmm. The director got it. The movie gets it perfectly. This is a delight. You could release this any time of the year and it would have worked. No complaints for me. The cast is amazing. Rachel McAdams, she's making my long list. This is everything it needs to be, everything you want it to be. So I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 because I'm the son of a librarian and I, I was raised on Judy Bloom. So I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 books that have been banned. So go out and read a banned book and 
Tell someone else to read it. Go and buy a banned book. Buy a banned book. Yeah, support banned books because they need to be supported and they need to be championed and they need to be spread now more than ever. 10 out of 10 banned books because this is quite literally a perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. I especially loved miniature Sebastian Stan. Oh, yeah. Who plays the class Lothario. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because there's always one of those. (laughs) 